Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God. We we ask that everything we do to be the glorification of your name, God. We ask that whatever we do, lift you up and lift you up high, God. We thank you and we honor you, God. We thank you for all those unseen moments we had this week, God, where your hands were guiding and protecting us. We thank you for every experience you have allowed us to experience to further push your gospel, God. We ask that you bless this podcast in your name according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you on tonight. We're excited for you to hear what we have to say. This has been a week-long process of us learning of what we're going to talk about this week and try to bring it forth the best way we, we know how to. Can you agree with that, Mark? I can agree with that, 100%. You want the 100%. That's what it, do I have a quota of, like, for each episode how many times I have to say 100%? No. I'll smash it. You, no, you've met it. As oh, okay. many as it takes for us to get to 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we're excited to have you listen with us tonight. We have a good topic we want to talk about. But the first thing that we're going to do is go around the table and ask everyone how they're doing, what they've been doing, how things have happened in their life here recently, you know, and sometimes it takes a little bit for things to happen and for you to get away from, even if it's just a couple of days, you know, and small things, just to see what God's doing in your life. So... The first one we're going to start with is Casey. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, Had a couple of challenging days, but it's not bad. Patty's showing us a picture of her granddaughter, so it just got a whole lot better. (laughs) Um, I've taken up quilting in my free time to get away from TikTok, even though I saw how to make the specific quilt that I'm making on TikTok. So I guess it's a catch-22, but kind of my hand's a little bit sore because I'm not used to cutting or stitching, but... We're it, getting there. It's like using the thing that you don't want to fall apart to get away from what you want to be. You know what I mean? To get away from such a thing. Yeah, pretty Isn't much. that weird how that works? Kind of ironic. Yeah. It, was, it was good enough to get you started, but now you got started, it's like, okay, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So let me ask you, how do you think that has, has that negatively affected your life or positively? Probably positively. I know like the last two or three weeks, I've just been... Kind of wasting time. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, yeah. It's okay, Sorry. It's okay, it's okay, Patty. Patty. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say we can fix that in post-production, but that would be a lie. It's all good. You're it's good. Like, I was watching TikTok just to be watching TikTok. Like, I had nothing else to do, and I was just kind of existing for a while in my free time. So I figured if I'm going to waste all of my time away, I might as well be productive I with do it. the exact same thing. And you saying something about it, I've realized it, you know, and I'm just like, I've never done anything with it, but I'm trying to do the same thing, be more productive with the time that I have, because it's the only thing that you get in this life that you can't get back. Right. Yeah. Like it got to the point where I didn't even want to be on TikTok. But like, what else am I going to do? I've got three hours. So I'm going to go to bed. So I'm just going to watch TikTok. So now I'm sewing little hexagons together. She's a quilt master. I never really got days. into TikTok. I like I'll watch like when you guys send one, I'll watch the, yeah. through the browser because I don't. Yeah, I don't ha- have TikTok have either. But there's it's a generational thing, Patty. I know, but it just TikTok. Yeah, life you guys away are two. You guys are two generations above us. I mean, it's interesting, but not interesting enough to where just I'm going to get the app. Yeah, I had it like once or twice. But well, I just there's stuff on there that's informational, and I like yeah. to see the preachers, the little short clips of stuff because it's inspiring at some points. But then there's just stuff that's. Garbage. A waste, a waste of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. YouTube has those shorts too now, so you can you can stick it. It's all in one app now. You can have the long videos on YouTube, or you can have the little the shorts. Short, yeah, and yeah, that's good, Casey. I like I like the the stories of seeing something, realizing that it's not the most beneficial to you. Could it be worse? Obviously, it could be worse. But in the same respect, it's not terrible. But realizing that you could be doing something better and different and changing. I like stories like that. Yeah. And she got something positive out of it. Yeah, she's going to end up uh, sewing me a quilt. You're yeah. so funny. We're, we're taking orders right now, by I'm the way. I'm proud of you, Casey. They're going to be easy, um, seven easy payments of seventy nine ninety nine. You're going to have your own inscripted, inscripted Bible verse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to embroider. That's probably never going to happen. <laughs> YouTube will help you with that. All right, Patty, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. What did I do this week? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that comes along with the two generations above us. The uh, moral of today's episode is that Patty and Mark are a little bit on the older I side. Took, I took Saturday off. Um, we had a send off for my nephew. Yeah. So I went and had lunch with them, and 
spent time with my mom, my sister, and my niece, and my granddaughter, and just lots of family time, enjoying my moments, my small moments. That's important too. That is important. I like I like that kind of thing too. Realizing that uh, this life is fleeting and going away. It's the Bible says it's as a vapor that's here today and gone tomorrow. Uh, take time to realize what you have. That yeah. kind of goes along with our our topic tonight. We'll get more into that. You know, you have yes. to realize and understand what you have. So, Mark, oh, I actually just got back from vacation. Woo-hoo. Where'd you go, Mark? <laughs> we went down to Kentucky. Okay. No, I will say so. Stacy drove the first bit. She drove through two states. I drove through four states. <laughs> Gabe drove through three states. Hey, because the path down, Stacy drove for. We, we used, obviously, we started in Michigan. Yeah, and through Indiana, and then somewhere in Indiana, I took over. Then, I, so I was in Indiana, Ohio, Ohio for the one back then in Kentucky. Yeah, well, I guess actually I only drove in three. Yeah, I, I didn't drive in <laughs> Michigan. Because I didn't drive back at all. Game drove the whole way back. Anyhow, but where'd you go? We went down to the Creation Museum and to the Ark. Yeah. Which we'd been there before, but we wanted to go again. Never hurts to revisit a place oh, like it's, that. Oh, that place is amazing. Yeah. It, it, that's all it is, is it's amazing. Uh, another thing going along with tonight's topic. Because the, the, the Ark the was actual, a promise. The, yeah. the promise. One of God's main promises. He'll never flood that earth again, so... Pretty sure that was the first promise, too. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I can look it up. We can see what we'll see. I'm curious on what that is now. What about you, Bryce? Did you have a good week? Yes, I did. I turned 23 this last week. Yeah, I forgot about that. July 5th. And I want to tell you something. What? I love all you guys. I love you. We too. love you, too. Aww, we love you, too. Seriously. I got the <laughs> mo- I got the best birthday present I've ever received in my entire life. Surprise. It has been a rough month. My keeping that really good. I'm not gonna lie. Really good idea. That was the most, that was probably the most valuable gift I've ever received, not monetarily, but mentally, spiritually. Something that will actually last. Right. So cool. So cool. And for those of you who are listening, it's a Bible she got me, and she put, she had my name put on it, and Sandy took it to the Parable Bookstore and had Pastor Bryce Saylor put on it, which was first of all, I was like, oh, this is so cool, you know. First of all. I look at it, and then it says Redemption Church on it. I'm like, okay, sweet. You know, I got six Bibles, but one from your wife is, is cool. So I open the first page, and it's my name from her on my birthday. Well, then I open the second page, and the second page, she has this really wonderful letter that she wrote me, you know, stating how much she loves me and cares, you know, how very thoughtful letter and this, that. And she said, I put a couple of my favorite scriptures in here. And highlighted them in pink and put my name by them and just put little words of encouragement throughout it. So I flipped to the next page and I'm like, there's more. <laughs> like, but wait, you know, but wait, there's more. There's the, more. The OxyClean guy. Anyhow, it says this verse, this verse, this verse. There's like eight or 10 of them, maybe 12. And it had all of you guys sent her your guys' favorite verse. Mark wrote me a page. <laughs> Seriously, he wrote me a page on what he loves about it and how he loves it and what his thoughts were. All of you guys gave me such encouraging things. I cried like a baby. Aww. I did. And it, it was like soft. If at soft, I was sitting there reading through it and I was reading all the letters and the notes from people that I love and care about, you know, and such a good gift for the time of life that I'm in at this moment. So I'm reading through it, you know, and my tears are welling up and I'm staying strong and whatever. Then we go to bed and Maya goes to sleep and I'm laying there like this, looking at the wall. Just sobbing my eyes out. I'm not. I'm not a crier. Not. I'm a crier. I'll say that. I'm emotional. But I started thinking. I'm like, all these people that I truly care about and love took time to write me a letter of encouragement. First of all, put down their favorite verse. Why is their favorite verse? Actually, just put in there what they like about me, which is sometimes hard to fathom because a lot of times you get into a spot where you don't. Like you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then there's 10 of your closest friends that you love and cherish telling you what they like about you and how much they support you and push you. I'll tell you what, it lit a fire inside of me that was unquenchable. You know, they talk about a wheel turning inside of a wheel and how fire is shut up up in your bones, you know, Mm -hmm. that set the fire loose because you don't know how much people push and encourage you and 
want to be behind you until you see. Obviously, you can see it, but it's different when you have proof. Right. Proof yeah. on paper. Yes. I was telling mine, it's like, you need to remind, you know, <laughs> pass this idea on to someone else. And I started nodding towards <laughs> Stacey. You know, you know what Maya had the nerve to say? You know what Maya had the nerve to say? She what? said, top that. Seriously, I was like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard yeah. to top that. I told you my plan I have. I, <laughs> oh. I'm not going to share this on the podcast because that would spoil the surprise. But no, thank you guys. Seriously. Seriously. No so welcome. There's not enough in me to say thank you to you for what you guys did. That was awesome. And I have it and I have all the notes in there <laughs> still and they're going to stay there. I sent mine as a message because I was like, if, if he's going to read this, Maya is going to have to type she this printed, up. Or yep. print it, oh, just print it off. Print it off. It's a full sheet of paper. It didn't take up that much on my phone. <laughs> I got it in there. Casey wrote me a nice letter. Mark, you and Lenny had the same exact verse and put a little nice, Maya wrote it in the Bible for me. Dad, Mom, Aunt Sandy. Uncle Dick didn't put me one in there because he couldn't read the, the message on the text, Aww. which he tells me he loves me all the time anyhow, so I'm cool with that. But anyhow... If you guys ever want to do something like that, I would encourage anybody. Yeah. Because you guys have probably had an idea what it would do, but you don't know the extent of what it did to me. Like I said, it put a burning fire and desire to move forward because I know that it doesn't only, I'm not the only one being affected. Mm-hmm. God is using everyone, but I'm thankful that he uses me. I, I And the output, pouring of love and support for me is not like anything I could ever imagine. And I just say thank you. So what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we're on promises tonight. I think we, I think we did say it at the very beginning, but then we got, we kind of sidetracked from it, but it was a good sidetrack. No, that was, that was my week by the way. Yeah. Awesome. And then birthday party and stuff. Yeah. Everyone decided they wanted to throw a birthday party for me on Friday or Saturday, whatever. Oh, so I looked it up and, that what I thought was the first wasn't the first because I didn't think far enough back. But then it reminded me of what I was saying off air, and I think it was Gabe that came up with this brilliant comment yeah. as well. About because the first promise the first promise in the Bible is Genesis 3.15, and it's where you put enmity between the woman and between the I was and her Just seat. thinking that. And this was Gabe's comment when we were going past this one one of the displays in the ark. It's like the arch of the foot is the right, it's the same shape as the head of the snake. Yeah. He'll bruise that heel, but you shall crush his head. So it's like our feet were built to go over the head of a snake. Weird. So we're going to talk about God's promises tonight, and we're excited. We've been thinking about this for a collective three days now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been putting in some putting in some thought to it. And the first thing that I want to go around the table and ask you, when you hear the word promise, what does it mean to you? You want to start, Casey? Yeah, I can. Um, it brings to mind like the word guarantee. Yeah. Um, you know, like I promise you, I'm gonna do this. That holds Sorry. a certain. You're fine. That holds a certain weight. If I tell you, I promise I'll do this. You are now working under the assumption that I'm gonna keep my word. You're kind of like liable to what you said. Yeah, kind of. Patty, what comes to your mind when you hear the word promise? When I hear the word promise, it means it's gonna be so. Okay. Mark? I think Casey kind of stole part of what I was going to say. It's like a guarantee. You know, it's it's going to happen. It's set in stone, you know, assuming that the person that makes the promise is someone you can trust, someone that's faithful. That was, that was my thought. Uh, promise has multiple different aspects of it. The validity of a promise, it all depends on who it comes from. Yep. And my thought with promise and specifically with God's promise is his promise is true no matter what the circumstances are. Right. You know what I mean? No matter what it looks like. And that is the same way with somebody like you used to say the old times, where did this, where did this generation go where you could trust a man's word and where you could trust a handshake was a, was a deal. You know, that was a signification that a deal was made. And no matter if he had to come, you know, make payments or say, I can't get you this week, but I'll catch you next week. What happened to that? You know, it all based on the validity of the person saying it. Mm-hmm. And that's got diluted. That's what it, it has. Went. That's why some people, that's why I think God's promise, even though he never has failed on his promises, but also with his promise, his promise is two sided. Yeah. His part and your part. Exactly. Right. 
His, his is a promise based upon what you will do, because his promise is true no matter what. Yeah. Do you have the definition of promise looked up? Yep. So the definition of promise that put up here is, one is a declaration that something will or will not be done or given. Right. Um, indication of future excellence or achievement. Not quite in the same neighborhood here. Something that is promised. That seems a bit odd for well, the definition. I, I, but a promise is something that you can bank on for the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last part is to pledge or undertake by promise, usually with an infinitive or a clause as an as object, as in she promised to visit us, the yeah. example it gives there. A lot of it has to do with the future Yeah, mm-hmm. of what can be looked, you know, what you can look forward to. And the validity of that also goes back to what they did in the past too. Right. And that's one big thing about God's promises you can trust that what he says is going to happen because of what he's done, not only for us in our lives, but also for everybody in the Bible that is, you know, these not characters, but these real life people that had real life struggles, real life problems, real life persecution. And he's promised them, do not fear, be not afraid. Um, You'll have long life if you do these things, you know, all these different promises based on what he said, and showing that he did it for them. And the Bible says, I think in Second Peter or First Peter, that he's no respecter of persons. Yeah. So. Our thing I found here is that all, no matter what type of promise it is, there will, all, there will always have two components to it. One is the type of activity that the promise undertakes or what it's going to do. And the other is the content of the promise. So it's not only I'm promising this, but this is what I will do to achieve it. Yeah. So here's here's one of God's promises in Second Peter, uh, chapter chapter one, verse one. Simon Peter, servant, are a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So that's the first kind of stipulation to having one of God's promise. You have to obtain this precious faith. You can't bank on what God says if you aren't willing to live by what he says. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You can't you can't make a promise. Just t- talk about this with a bank. If you make a promise with a bank that I will pay my payments, you know, or you give me this amount of money for let's say a loan and you have 48 payments at this amount if you don't do what it says, you will not get another loan. Your credibility goes down, basically. Right. But with this, with God's promises, the only way you can live by these promises and expect these promises to be true in your life is if you obtain this faith. Right. That's good. What about good what do you think about that? Yeah. I I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot more to say there. It's like it's pretty straightforward. It yeah. is. It is. It's pretty you, straightforward. You can't live by these. Do not fear. Um, you will not. I'll be with you always, even to the end. Um, in your weakness, my or in your weakness, my strength is made whole. You can't bank on these if you're not li- willing to live by what he says to live by. Right. Your dad said something Sunday morning. I think it was. He probably said it Sunday night too. To be honest, but yeah. you wouldn't go to work and do nothing and expect right. a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He was talking about. I think yep. I we we listened to it. We you know we weren't there, but we listened to it. I still have to finish listening to the evening service. Stacy yeah. kind of fell asleep listening to the one by. Was just laying there listening to the rest of the service, and um, he was like, "Yeah, if I could go to work for for Mark, and I sit there and do nothing, I clock in at seven o'clock, do nothing, three o'clock, clock out. So he's not going to pay me. No, it takes it takes effort on both parts. So." Here's an analogy that I thought or that I heard this this week when studying about God's promises. It says, think of somebody who is extremely wealthy and they go around like they have nothing. They have this priceless or not priceless, but they have this high amount of money and they walk around in dirty clothes, nasty this, nasty that, don't have a nice car, don't have a nice house, complaining and griping. But all it takes is them to do it. They have the bank account full. They have the checkbooks right there, but they can, even if you write the check and don't put it in the right place, it's not going to get you where you want to go. And that's like God's promises with us. He has laid them all out before us in his word. 
It takes you to go look and understand those words, obtain this precious faith. You have to go get them. That's what obtain means. If you don't get them, they're useless to you. Right. They can be there all they want, and you can have as much as you want of them, but it's up to you to get them, to understand them, to put your faith in these promises, knowing that whatever things may come, whatever things may look like, God's promise says this. Is that a, is that a good thought to have? Or mm-hmm. Yes. I would say, yeah. I mean, because like part of the reason that my favorite verse now is the one it is, is because it starts with foundation the foundation of yep, it yep yep everything else is based off that i know um i think it might have been wednesday night or the last sunday that i was there when it, it had to have been bible study because they asked me asked about genesis and that yeah not that i'm an expert but i i'm trying to read as, get as much info as i can on that and study that that's kind of been my biggest area i've been studying for a while now yeah between that and the resurrection and it's like everything that the rest of the Bible is built on. Yeah. Started in the first 11 chapters of the first book of the Bible. Yeah. Exactly. N- nothing new after that. No idea, concept, or anything. It was all set in stone there. There. And then repeated or fulfilled later on. Right. So what I want you guys to do, you three, get your get your Bible app on, put in Second Peter 1, look through it with me as we go along and kind of not break it down, but go step by step. Put your thoughts into it as we go, kind of read through it. So it says that you have to, are that them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's the second part of the promise. First part of the promise, you have to have the foundation of faith, and you have to have that foundation in somebody who's righteous enough to fulfill the other side of the promise. Am yeah. I wrong? No, there, and there was no doubt with Peter that he's wh- seen. Yeah, he and even when before he saw, he had enough faith when he was called out from the boat, um, not the walking on the water part. When he was called out to be a I, fisher of men at the very yep. beginning, when yep, when he was called to the ministry, he had enough faith that even though he hadn't seen what Jesus was going to do yet, he recognized at least a little bit that this guy was different. He was not just anyone walking up to him and asking him to come out. Right. So the next part of this verse says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's a good promise there. Promise number one in this verse. Well, not number one, but promise. There's another promise right there. Peace. How many of us need grace and peace? Every day. How many does anybody love peace? I do. Yeah. I, I was watching it's funny that peace is this part of it. There was um a guy I was watching, he was teaching on the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Right. So first off, let's what would you guys say? Would would you qualify? So a peacemaker does everything they can to keep everybody happy. Right. They don't rock the boat. Peace keepers don't want to fight but if they have to they will to get to peace i think peacekeeper is the first definition oh, sorry, of peace. i, I, I think would switch flopped. them around in my head that's not what uh the guy in the video was saying anyway i'll look it up and see if there's a different but he was said which of these would you say is would be jesus i'd rather be the one that does what it takes to make peace yeah it didn't want to well you're talking about the fighting part if you have to well, he didn't want to rock the boat, but he's willing to. No, the the that one is the one that is willing not to, does not want to do anything to offend anybody at all. No, that's not Jesus. That's what I'm saying. That's what he said. He wasn't the peacemaker. He wasn't trying to keep everybody. I think happy. it's backwards, Mark. Well, I'm gonna look it up then. I think a peacemaker is someone who's willing to do what it takes to, to make, make peace. peace. That's what my thought is, too. And then the one but... is willing not to offend anything to keep peace. You know, because if you offend somebody. There goes the peace because they're going to be about you on it. Right. But his point was that, you know, we don't need to be on the attack because we need, we want the end goal is peace. Right. But we have to have the mindset if, if you're, I don't want to fight you for it, but if that's what it takes, I'm going to do it. Right. 
And you look at when you go through the end of Revelation, you know, how does Jesus get peace? Destroys everybody, the enemy completely. So there's nothing left but peace. And does that verse pop that back into my head? I'm going to look up and see what the difference is so we can see if I'm remember incorrectly. I watched it just for five, 10 minutes. Right. See, that's the thing too about one of God's promises that it's a promise for you. And it's also like with the the flood. He promises not to flood the earth again. But he was he destroyed everybody that hated him. Am I wrong? Right. There's there's two sides to a promise, I think, especially from God with the flood. Like you said, he promised everybody on the boat would be safe, wouldn't right. be harmed. And Noah did his absolute best to try to convince people to get on with them. Right. And nobody would. And the flip side of that promise is, is if you're not on the boat, could, can Look we, for hard times. Can we go out on a limb and say the the for, it's a promise for one's for one group of people and a curse for the other? Right. I mean, it's like a speeding ticket. You know that if you get caught speeding, there's a chance you're going to have a fine. Right. If you're not speeding, nine times out of ten, as long as there's nothing else wrong with your vehicle, you you're should fine. be fine. Yeah. Okay, so I must have remembered it incorrectly. So yeah, so the peacekeeper is not I, willing to do anything. Yeah, just to like understand. I said, I I listened to it and it was like it just caught my attention. It's like, yeah, there's definitely there is a difference. One's a good way to peace, and one's a bad way to peace. Right. And society in general is the other side, the one that's willing to just do whatever they can not to offend anybody, not to have any conflicts, making it pretend to be like everybody is okay and getting along. Well, that's like the truth. The truth doesn't care if you don't like it. No, it does not. It's just doesn't the truth, require you to no believe matter it what. to be true. Right. I would rather be fighting to obtain some sort of peace than miserable trying to keep somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah, because you lose yours and you take care of theirs. Yeah. Not worth it. All right, let's get back to this word. All right. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And I'm going to stop there. It says, according to his, his would be Jesus Christ, our Lord, from the verse before, divine yeah. power, divine power from the knowledge of God, <clears throat> hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God's not going to promise you something that kills you. No. He's not going to promise you something that is unrighteous for you. And that would be something kind of to gauge on what you're looking at. You're like, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? Um, if it's ungodly, it's not from God. And you go even back to the garden. You know, he didn't promise bad things to Adam and Eve. Right. He promised if you disobey, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. It's like, I'm trying to stop you from getting that. You don't need that. I heard a thing about Adam and Eve. We're just going to go on a little rabbit trail here. Let's just go a for it. But in the garden, somebody questioned. It was like a TikTok and someone put a comment on there. Why did God put the two trees in the middle of the garden that they could not eat? What would, what would your thought be on that? First off, it was only one tree they couldn't eat. The knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. No, well, they ate from the tree of life. When they when they they had access to the tree of life, when they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they lost access to the tree of life. Okay. That's how death entered in. Okay. The I tree gotcha. of life kept them alive. So okay. first off, the commenter was a little confused. Okay. But that's okay. A lot of the people that make some comments sometimes are. What do you think? Um I would say maybe as proof. It's like, hey, you know, you, you there's two trees here. You can eat one, not the other. Right. We know you we can eat, eat more than one. Yeah. You can eat uh, the other, but these two specific trees, yeah. you have a choice of one or the other. I'm telling you that what will happen if you eat the other one and you have the experience of what happens when you eat the tree of life. So you know if I'm telling you the truth about this tree, that if you eat it, you'll not go, you're you're gonna live. Right. Then I'm telling you the truth about the tree that's gonna kill you. That's going to kill you. Right. So it was, to me, it was just like just a proof. Just a thing of proof. Like they they prove each other. Okay. Because the tree of life, they stayed alive. And the other one, obviously, we know what happened when they when they partook of the other one. All right, Patty, I was just telling you you're next. Yeah. What do you why do you think why do you think the tree of knowledge of good and evil was in the garden? For a test. Test? I think it was a test. Okay. But God already knew what was going to happen. Okay. But he, like Mark said, he needed proof. Yeah. 
That's fair. But to see I, whether I they're faithful. Was, I think it was a test for them. Okay. What do you think, Casey? I think it was free will. Booyah. I think that, obviously, I can't speak for God. But if I were surrounded by beings that listened to everything that I said all the time and loved me because they had to love me and listened to me because they had no other choice but to listen to me, which isn't necessarily true because we do know that a third of heaven fell, but the ones who stayed, I assume, are pretty obedient. Right. Um, and then I had the opportunity or the chance to see if somebody actually wanted to obey me because they loved me and they trusted me, I'd probably take it. I'd say that I I agree with that. And the the metaphor, not the metaphor, but analogy said, he said, the Garden of Eden without the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a cage. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. When you how, look, can, how can you have free will if you don't have the option to do anything else? See, yeah. I hear people, com- I don't hear people complain. I saw TikToks before I quit TikTok about people <laughs> complaining about how, oh, well, why would God throw them out of the garden when he's the one who put it there? This and that. But I feel like, he made it an option, kind right. of a kind of a test. It, that and that was also pr- like all of those. I think they all worked together, right? Because it was a test of which are you going to choose, right? You had the free will to choose, and you could see the proof of what happened once you made your choice, right? Right. But my thing is, like, people would still be mad to this day if that we had TikTok and they're still in the garden <laughs> that they weren't given the choice, right? There's not something to be mad about. Yeah, fair. I had something that popped in my head when I remembered what Gabe said about the. Arch of the foot and the snake's head. Okay. More proof that God knew in the be- very beginning he was going to have to send Jesus. Yeah. We were designed with a thing that was going to have to fit the snake. So yeah. it was hey. just stuff that was known in way in advance because he created everything. Is it's is that the <laughs> is that possibly the first the first promise? The day you eat this fruit, you surely will die. It said 315. I have to look up and see what happens before 315 because the 315 was the one putting the enmity between. Yeah, but that's after. That is after. So I would have to say that. I would think it would be. The search God, engine was wrong. God's promises, even the ones that aren't good for you. Yeah, he not, not, not not good for you, but the ones that he said, hey, you do this. This bad thing will happen to you is just as holy as the promise that says you'll have a long life and you'll have a good life and you have peace and grace. The ones that say the wages of sin is death, that's a promise too. Uh, So I think with God, it's kind of hard to define what's a promise and what's not because everything that he says is truth and it is as it is. He doesn't change. You know, he's not going to change his mind halfway through saying something. Right. So all depends on definition, I guess. All right, you ready to go back to the scripture? So yep. Ready. <laughs> All right. Next verse, or the next part of it, through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. So this kind of all stems back to the validity and uh, who's who's giving these promises. Who who's capable of bringing forth these promises? Only someone who is able to deliver is the one that's capable of delivering or giving these promises. I think even there you can go as far to say that if you don't have a relationship with Christ or you don't have a relationship with God, that you can't think to obtain the promises either. I think you can go further than that by what it says. You can have a quote-unquote relationship with God if you don't know him. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the knowledge of him, it's worthless. Right. If you don't know his faithful or His promises to be true, if you don't know his promise to be faithful— it's worthless of you to even know the promise. Right. And here's another thing I, I like. I did a study on this, and I know I did this in for a sermon as well, is we have a different definition of virtue here than what it was when it was written. Yeah. We think of virtue as someone that has good character and things like that. Right. But back in like the first century when you heard someone like, we always use the verse of a man that finds a virtuous woman has found something far above the price of rubies. And, yeah. And it's not just saying to find a good, moral, right person. Right. It, because if that's the case, when the lady touched the hem of his garment, did he did he, he feel virtue. his good moral character fall out of him? No. He felt power. He felt power. The original meaning of virtue when it was written during the times of the Bible was power. So it's like through a 
through knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and and power. Not power like, you know, oh, I'm strong, Force, I'm doing right, this. Yeah, right. but all of it, even the glory, because it's not our glory. Right. Just like the power there, it's not our power. It's all from God. Right. I like I I was I just was reading that he has given us these things through the knowledge of him. If you know him and have taken time to study and not study about him, but I think a lot of experience is part of knowing too. Yeah. If you have experienced him, you get the glory and the virtue, aka power. Yeah. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. So that glory and the power is what gives us. Right. The, that's where the promises come in. Because it says, because if you follow it direct, because when you look at the way the Bible and things were written, there was no punctuation, there was no verse numbers. It was one continuous thought. So in this case, it's through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And you see we have a colon there. Right. So it's continuing on with the next part. Yep. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Let's talk about that. Exceeding great. What do you think that means? Beyond comprehension. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. What was uh, from the last lesson I taught, what was the fourth option for the answer to a prayer? I'll uh, do you one better. Right. Essentially, yeah. Paraphrasing. This is, this is the the Casey, Higher above than the what Casey you version think. 2023, but yeah. Higher than you could think, ask, or imagine. Exactly. Next one, precious. Exceeding great and precious promises. Precious like something that you have to hold tightly to, dearly to. It's valuable. It's very valuable. We talk about precious. We were talking out there about precious metals, precious stones. Right. Why are they precious? Because they're worth something. Absolutely. And just like we were saying, everything goes back to the first part of what we were talking about. It has to start at that foundation. It has to have the foundation of Jesus Christ in it. What was one of the most common, let's see if you know this one, the most common things that Jesus was referred to as? Master. That's one of them. That's I'm looking for one that's relative to what we're what we're talking about here. What was it? Precious question? Lamb of God. No. The chief <laughs> cornerstone upon which everything was, was built that the builder reject the builders rejected, but that foundation stone still stayed. Right. So it doesn't matter whether they rejected it or not. Yeah. So all the promises were still built on that first foundation Absolutely. on Jesus. Chief cornerstone. I got you now. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. You going to partake? It's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you, and it's the divine nature. So you have to, you can't even get to be a partaker without first going through stuff. You have to get to the knowledge of God first. You have right. to start with the foundation, then you have to learn about him through experience, through reading, through prayer, to then get to the next part of it. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What what does your mind say about that, Mark? Well, it pretty much equates lust to corruption. So corruption's bad. Right. What happens when you take metal and put it out in the elements? It, it gets, gets corrupted or corroded or rusted. Yep. So it's something that's going to destroy something. It's not something that's going to help it. So this verse basically says that there is corruption in this world already. No matter what you do, there's corruption in there with through lust. And the part, the one before it is partakers of divine nature. So it puts in different my natures. mind. Well, it puts in my mind. There's two different sides of it, and I don't think the Bible says you do things according to the lust of your flesh. I don't think you you have to put your flesh down to be a, to take care of these or to get these promises from God. And I think when you take and set down. That and you set down the problems, you set down the lust, you pick up love. They're you not switch natures. Exactly. They're love and lust are not the same. They're they're not the same, they're not interchangeable, and they're not equal. No. But they both take the same spot on their perspective view. Right. You either have one or the other, and it's up mm -hmm. to you. 
my thought is, and I could be wrong, but I'm equating lust to greed here. Yeah, it I is. I think whenever you are demanding things or you are just looking to get as much as you can for your own edification or your own happiness because you think having more means more, then God can't work in his promises because you're not going to be satisfied. No, because it's corrupted already. Right. But whenever you take a step back and you realize that God is going to provide all that I need through promises, whether that be financial or anywhere else in your life, that's when he can start to move and work. And that was one of the biggest things that, like I was saying, someone who's wealthy but doesn't know or someone who's wealthy and won't do. These are things that you have to realize and put into practice. Uh, You have to put down, like you're saying, this greedy sort of mindset and say, man, God really has provided everything that I need from the moment that I've first, the moment that my eyes first opened to this day, everything that I've truly needed, you know, not wanted, or sometimes you have to go without something that you want, but stuff that I truly needed, essential to live, has been provided. And you can go, he's been exceeding and abundantly better than that. He's been way better to us than we deserve. Absolutely. I think that the only place greed's ever going to lead you is down. It says right here, corrupt you have escaped this corruption in the world through lust, or the corruption that is in the world through lust. The only way that, like you're saying, lust and, and greed are interchangeable, the only place it takes you is the corruption. Absolutely. It's like yeah. in the garden. They were given everything they needed, but they ha- or Eve to start and Adam also yeah. had to have the one thing that they weren't allowed. Right. It was greediness that led to the fall in the first place. Absolutely. And I'm not one of those ones that, subscribes the whole tries and say it was all Eve's fault you notice and i saw someone point this out when they made that decision together who did god come to to ask about what you guys did adam where art thou yeah yeah he it was just like we talked about before you know the, the way a relationship net was designed so all these people want to pass the buck off and say it wasn't adam's fault it was everybody. They both made that decision together, and they went to the side of corruption. They chose what looked good and what sounded good instead of what they were told, you know, with the promise of the tree. With They were tested, and they failed on that because they had free will, like Casey was saying. Right. Next verse. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge— and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. All these things are things that you get when you put apart or put aside these things of your fleshly nature and pick up these things of divine nature. And it kind of reinforces like what I was saying about what virtue means, because you're not adding moral character to your faith. No. You're not adding knowledge to your moral character. Right. It's you're getting a deeper understanding of what God wants. Right. You're building your faith that way. You're gaining, you're strengthening your faith, your faith, and you're learning more. And then it says temperance. So now you're getting temperance and patience and things like that. So you're acting a little bit differently. Would it be, would I be, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that once you start doing these things, these are all fruits of the spirit, fruit of the spirit. Yeah, most of those are on that list. Or a different way to say, yeah, you know, charity, brotherly kindness. Right. These are all things that the Holy Spirit is also guiding you. That's one thing, too, going back to the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. When we take Jesus Christ as our Lord, Savior in our life and put down this fleshly nature and pick up a divine nature, we have the third person of the, of the Trinity of God living inside of us. How much more power can you get? And that's just more proof as well. When we always talk about, you can tell when something is completely man-made and made up versus something that was not, is no matter whether it was something written in Genesis or something written here in Second Peter, they're not going to contradict each other. So right. when you talked about these are the fruits and gifts of the Spirit, this is not contradicting what was already written. Right. It only reinforces and validates what was already said. Right. I want you to mark to look up the word abound. Okay. This next verse, for if these things be in you and abound, 
They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does abound mean? Exist in large numbers or amounts. I was thinking surplus. Yeah. In surplus. If these things be in you, in a large amount, in excess, in surplus, in more than what you need, uh, kindness, good or godliness, brotherly love, charity, knowledge, virtue, temperance, patience, all these things, if they be in you and abound in you, which they will be if you take Jesus Christ as yeah. your Lord and Savior, okay? If they be in you, you will not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think it means, Mark? Well, it's reinforcing it again. If you're filling with, you're starting at the right foundation, you're filling with the right source, you're learning about the right person, the faithful person, right. the one that's given the promises, right. the one that's proven, no matter which book or chapter you look at, that he will fulfill every promise he's given. You'll be fruitful. Yeah. How can you not want to then not only have more of that knowledge, but pass it on to someone else can? And when we, we're not talking about knowledge of saving you. That's not what we're trying to say. It's more no. that you can come to the saving knowledge because it's all going to point you to Jesus. Right. That's really the only knowledge part that and I has think, any power on that. I think knowledge goes along with the more you know, the more faith you have. Exactly. You know, sometimes sometimes there is, you know, exa- not examples, but there's times when you don't need to know the details. God doesn't give you the details. Like we we're talking when Peter was out on the boat or out, the do- disciples were out in, the, out in the sea, the winds and the waves were casting him around and he's, they see Jesus walking and would have passed him by. But they said, Jesus, if it be thou bid thee to come onto the water. And all he says is come, you know, the response to come to the water would be, Come on out onto the water. It's or come on out of the water. It's me. Right. But he just says, Come. Yeah. He didn't give any details. He didn't give any direction. All he did was say, Come. Come. You know, and that's a lot with not knowing, but they knew if it was Jesus, what he has done in the past of these different things, you know, say the blind Bartimaeus, the blind man at the pool of Shalom or Siloam or whatever. Siloam, yeah. Uh the man who was lower down who had who was lame or had leprosy or whatever, all these things they've seen him do. If he says to come, I'm going go. Okay. Now next, next part, uh, number nine, verse nine, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, far off and hath forgotten that he is purged from his old sins. That just tells me that there's going to be evidence yeah. There's evidence of what you've done on the inside that comes out on the outside. You will not be barren or unfruitful. And if you were in that stay in that relationship, you're still learning that stuff, you're gonna remember that you've already been, like as it says, cannot see and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Right. That has so, a lot to do with our attitude too. Yeah, absolutely. Because well for we forget where we came from. Yep. And we point fingers at everybody else that maybe is where we used to be. Yeah. And we forget where we came from for that. That's where this says, you've forgotten. You have forgotten. You have forgotten. That he was purged from his old sins. He's blind and cannot see afar off. Yeah. Probably meaning that you can't see where you used to be. Right. I would say whenever you first started, I was mm-hmm. saying can't see afar off, like the future consequences. But that makes so much more sense looking back. Right. Because of the next verse validates what your thought says. And the other thing is, I don't lost my thought. <laughs> I'll, it'll come back. It's okay. It'll it'll come back out eventually. It'll just be probably out of place. All right. Next verse, verse ten. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What do you think that means? When I think of sure, I think of something that's steady. Make sure that something has a good. It's something that you can put faith in. Something is sure. You have a made-up mind, basically. You're sure on it. I'm looking up to see what the original one was, because I know the way we do it now is slightly different. But my thing is, I know for sure. Yes. Right. That's what my thought process is. Certainty. Right. Which it does say certainty, but there was, I want to say, I don't know if it was in building or what it was. I think when you have... um, 
when you give diligence to something and and you're steadfast and unmovable, right? And you're working towards something to stay sure on the foundation. Yeah. Well, that's well, Jesus Christ. You know, we all have the ministry. Yeah. That we that we use or or do. Right. I think we have to have diligence because we have to stand strong. Right. But not just for ourselves, but for everybody else that's watching us. Absolutely. And that, so much given, much is required kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And think of the phrase we use in here all the time. Whenever you're going to buy something or whether you're looking for a job, you do your due diligence. diligence right. You look into everything you can about to make sure you have the full picture before you sign on that line for something. Yeah. You make sure, like, especially like say with a, a used car, you look and see, you know, what if there's if they have uh, a Carfax or some of the other ones they use, you know, you right. check and see, you know, right. is this being presented as what it really is, or am someone just um I remember a like an insurance commercial that had a someone was selling their vehicle. Yeah. And it talked about how it survived a hurricane. And then they backed out of it, deleted it, and they wrote new upholstery. <laughs> <laughs> so like when I uh, wrecked my one ranger when the slush took me into a tree, I would I would have sold it as aggressively remodeled. You know, it's n- <laughs> not <laughs> technically sh- wrong, but not the way that it wasn't putting out the proper picture of what I would be selling. Right. So what I think about when it says give diligence, make your calling and election sure. Look into what things, whether you be partakers of the day of the of the flesh, yeah, of your of this worldly corruption, or be partakers into the divine nature. And my mind thinks when I go divine nature, kind of try to play out what might happen. In the long run of things, not in the short term span, because it literally says three or four, maybe five verses ago that this world has gone to corruption by lust. If you want to go with these greed, arrogance, all these type things that are not fruit of the spirit, that are opposite, you know, the the other part of fruits of the flesh, right? The fruits of the flesh or the fruits of the mind. Look at where it takes you. And see, do your diligence to look at the calling to make sure your election or what you have chosen or what you have decided to do, what path you have elected to go down. Make sure you like make sure of what you've done. (laughs) And I would say take it a step further. Not only the course that you're on and the actions you're taking. Right. How about do do your due diligence in your motivation behind what you're doing? Right. Because we know we got the, the famous Bible verse of there will be people in that day that say, Lord, Lord I prophesied in your name. Yep. You know, just doing the things because you know that's what you should do, but not actually having the motivation. You're doing it because you want to do what God has instructed you to do. Because you want to be seen. Well, and they say, people. they say, Lord, Lord, too. So they're verifying that they know yeah. who it is. Yeah. Right. They've taken the time to go that far. Why would you not take the time to actually have a relationship? But like you're saying, they want the eyes on them. Right. They want the clout for it. They missed verse two, the grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. They stopped at the name and forgot the our Lord part. Yep. Fair. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. If you take time to look at the outcomes of the decisions that you make. A lot of times we make, does anybody make quick snap decisions, like pinch hitter decisions, hurry up, make it real quick. And then 20 minutes down the road, you're like, Oh, that was stupid. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes every day. Like maybe if you're at the gas station <laughs> and right as you're getting ready to check out, you pass the gas station sushi thing. Yeah. Maybe not the smartest move to make. Right. <laughs> but you yeah. make this quick decision that you haven't taken time or the diligence to look over every aspect of this, Check and the, you the, hurry the, up. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> her quilting. She's lifting up her quilt little patches because she <laughs> needs four hundred, and she's at forty six. At least forty eight now. At least forty eight. At least forty eight. <laughs> so, if you take these times and look at them through the eyes and the lens of the Bible, through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and through the knowledge of God, with uh, with temperance, with brotherly kindness, with all these things, if you look at it through that lens. You shall not fail. That is a promise. It is a promise. He's giving you these things, like I say, the two-step promise. Your part, God's part. His part doesn't change. 
No. You're the only one that has uh, the choice to decide which side you want to go on. Do you want to have these things or do you want to be blind and cannot see afar off and forget where you came from, forgetting these things of the old sins that you have passed? If you filter what you do through these things, you shall never fail. But there's a side to that that says, if you don't do these things, surely you will fail. And even if you don't fail here on this earth when the day of judgment comes, ultimate failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's reassuring, too, when you think about God's promises, how it doesn't change no matter what we do. Think about that, that say we fail the first time. Right. That promise is still there if later on we learn from our mistake and then follow him. That promise didn't go away. It didn't change. It didn't change. It didn't go away. The only thing that changed was when we got it. Right. Right. For so, an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you do these things, there's an entrance uh, shall be unto you abundantly into everlasting kingdom of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in the remembrance of these things, though ye know them. And be established in the present truth. That tells me Peter is like, I'm going to make sure I'm constantly reminding you, even though you already know it. It's it's the only way that you can keep, I think, on the right path. Yeah. Is to be constantly uh, persistent in looking at these things. Do not be negligent. Put always in the remembrance of these things. And he even says, because he points out they know him, he says, though ye know them. So he's like, I'm not going to be negligent. I'm not going to... If I have the opportunity to remind you of what you know, I'm going to take it. Whether or not, even though I know you know it, which I think that gets frustrating to us sometimes. If we hear someone's like, yeah, you know the answer, but they keep telling it to you. Right. Our first instinct is to get frustrated. Right. Because we're not looking at it from the lens that we found in a few verses ahead. We look at it that way. It's a good thing to be reminded because the other option is the... Corruption. Right. Next verse. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Stir you up. That means. I would say frustration and aggravation. It, that gets you. Exactly. You're it, eventually going to listen to it and remember. Right. And when it says, I think it meet, I think when they use the word meet, they're not like attract meat, you know, but they're saying, uh, I think it necessary. Look that up real quick and see what it says. You I'm skip, going to. skip a verse. No. 13. No. Mm-hmm. We haven't. Yeah. yeah, we did. That was uh, negligent to always put in remembrance, though you know. So this is. My eyes skipped it. I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> Your okay. eyes look tired, Patty. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he meant that in the Patty, best way possible. Patty, you've been called old tired. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm stirring you up by putting you in remembrance of your age, Patty. He's not going to let you forget. My, oh, my. I'm just kidding, Patty. Let's see what the word is here. Bear with us for just a second. Mark's looking up the word meet, M-E-E-T. Well, according to the uh, like the Strongs and that, it's righteous or just. It's appropriate to. I think it necessary, righteous, just, appropriate. To remind you. Absolutely. As even long as even I'm if, in this tabernacle. Listen, listen to listen to this. Even if it stirs you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it ought to stir you up provoke a little bit. Provoke you. Provoke you, yeah. Not <laughs> provoke you into provoke you to love. Yeah. Provoke you to love, provoke you into the kingdom of God. It says, Yeah, I think meet as long as I as I am in this tabernacle, meaning this body. Yeah. As long as I am alive, I'm gonna stir you up by putting you in remembrance that you need to filter your thought process, your decision-making, every aspect of your life through the lens, through the filter of these things that Jesus Christ said will prosper you. Do you think maybe there were people when they heard Peter was coming through decide, I already know what he's going to say, so I'm staying home this week? Probably. Because <laughs> they were already stirred if up. If you have the same message, you know. Well, what message is there in the Bible? Jesus, Jesus Christ and, and him, him crucified. crucified. Booyah. There is so... <laughs> we got 66 books that tell us the same the thing. The same thing. <laughs> Okay, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. And we learned last Thursday that Jesus told him he was going to be crucified. 
the same way that his savior was. And we thought about that, you know, it's like he said, he showed Christ has showed me these things. He's got to put off his tabernacle, meaning his body. Uh, what would you think if you knew how you were going to die or when I, he, he didn't specify when, but he knows how I'd be scared. I'd be scared, but knowing the mindset of what's going on with Peter here, what you can tell by how he's writing, what's going, kind of his, how he feels and thinks. Yeah. Not feels in the bad way. Right. Um, I think it, like with the, the notes of encouragement, things like that, I think it lit a fire under him. I think he's like, no matter how much time's left, I'm going to stir you up by telling you the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's fair. Pushed him harder. Sorry. Moreover, will I endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And just a little thought here. 2,000 or so years later, we are reading what he wrote. So we'll always have these things in remembrance. And if we don't have it in remembrance, we have it written on paper right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another thought, too. The only way you can ever remember something is if you know it yeah. first. You have to find it first. <clears throat> For we have not followed cunningly devised fables which is why i don't like the word story exactly these are not fairy tales these are not made up fictional stories that give you uh, empowerment and encouragement these are real people that really had these things happen to you based on whatever you think you know is true these are real these are not cunningly devised because you'd have to be if you could line these things up yourself you would be the smartest person on the planet but it is not possible no, you can't. You're no one in this earth is cunning enough to devise a fable like this. Sorry. Mm-mm. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but there were eyewitnesses of his majesties. So basically saying that he, these things aren't made up people seen it for real. Yeah. And but, that is the point out of the, the one that they're talking to says, I witnessed this. It was, it was Peter saying, Hey, I'm not just telling you things that you can remember so you feel good or feel happy. It happened. I saw it. Yep. Mm-hmm. For he received from God, God the Father, honor and glory when he hath came such a voice from him or from such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice came from heaven, or came this voice which came from heaven, we heard. But going back saying that this is a true story. We seen this when he got baptized. Uh, And when we were with him on the Holy Mount, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do dwell that take that ye take heed as unto light that shineth in a dark place unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. It's for everybody to yeah, understand. It's, it's not Peter's going to tell you this means one thing, James is telling you this means nope. another, John means the other. Nope. They all agree, and they don't contradict. Scripture is of any private interpretation. It's not secret. It's not a secret. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. The second thing that comes to my mind, it's not for sale. Yep, because a lot of people want to give you these fortunes and tell you what's going to happen, you know, in the future, and they you pay for it. Anyhow, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's inspired. It's true. It's faithful. Anything you said or as you say, as long as you are a child of God, living by the Word of God. Uh, with your faith in Jesus Christ, you can bank on it. And with that, I'm going to end this podcast and say, I thank you guys for coming on with us. I love and appreciate all of you that have taken time. I'm more excited to move forward and do better things as we go forward. I appreciate you. I love you. And with that, we're going to say bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached 
through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.